And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yosemite booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. The regular season has kicked off. Welcome to Entitled Town. My name is Mike Irons. Uh, Scartelli, Miami 17, New England 16. Um, what did you like observations from the season opener? Well, to uh, topsy-turvy your question, you know, I, I didn't like the ending. Shout out to Kevin out there. But uh, there's a lot to... Uh, lot to um, lot to look at and see that uh, it can be built into something better built your way toward a uh, potentially winning season with uh with the pieces that they have there it's it was a uh it was a revelation to see how uh see how mac jones could play in uh, under actual game conditions it was something that we hadn't seen in uh at least a uh, at least a season, maybe maybe longer than a season. Maybe uh, maybe I go back a couple of years to see uh, to see quarterback play like that, and that uh, it was uh, it was nostalgic, but you know, hopeful for the future as well. And the uh, the uncharacteristic fumbles, the uh, ill-timed penalties. Yep. That, yep. that can be worked out. It, they looked like a team that uh, got shortchanged a uh, preseason game and, uh, and the practices aren't as physical as they used to be. That's, uh, that's how I viewed it. That may be how uh, Coach Belichick, or Bill as I call him, knows it. But uh, You're good friends. You're good friends. I get it. Oh, exactly. First name basis. I, um, I think that this is over, overly simplifying. I think that this is, a, this is not your father's Patriots or our Patriots, even they're going to need to learn how to win all over again. They're very young at important positions. Dan, Dan, what were your thoughts um, on the uh, loss at Foxborough against the despicable hated dolphins? <laughs> well, Mac obviously was great. That, that was a lot of fun to watch. He's going to be a fun to watch this season. I mean, it was such a joy to see a perfectly executed wheel route again. Or, or screen passes that James White doesn't need to leap for. Courtney Fallon thought it was an RPO, but let's, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, the offensive line was a little disconcerting. I hope, hope that was due yeah. more to, you know, just the Dolphins being that good of a, of a defense than any. Uh, we'll see what happens when, when Trent Brown comes back. Um, and like you just said, that you know, we've got to remember that this is, with all the new preseason rules that they implemented, this is still like training camp. This isn't the final product. Great point. And I think um, to add to your point, Dan, I think there's a ton of institutional knowledge that the Miami coaching staff and a lot of the players have about New England. And I mean, New England is the gold standard and Miami is, uh, Brian Flores is kind of unapologetic about building his program, as it were, um, after the Patriots. John, your thoughts on the season opener? Yeah. I mean, the Dolphins are good, right? I think all of us, we've talked about the Dolphins. They're building a good program down there. They're well coached. I mean, Flores is, you know, they're doing, they're doing a lot of really good things down there. They're going to be a good team in the division for a while, I suspect. And, you know, the Bills are obviously good and the Patriots are good. 
So you could have three teams in this division with 10 wins or more would be my guess. I think it's, I think that's a pretty safe guess. And, you know, maybe, maybe three teams with 11 to 12 wins. So that really wouldn't surprise me wow. either. Um, so, so I guess what I'm saying is three teams out of this division making the playoffs. Uh, so if you, if you believe that, then, you know, Mac Jones went head to head with a very good playoff likely team in his NFL debut. I thought he acquitted himself really, really well. Uh, one other thing, and I think most people seem to think that, right? So that's not really breathtaking. Let me read off a couple numbers here. Eight minutes, one second, five minutes, 37 seconds, four minutes, 36 seconds. The length of the three drives for the Patriots in the second half against Miami. Uh, field goal, field goal, and a fumble, obviously, uh, that would have at the very least been a field goal. So you've got a rookie quarterback running an offense with, with a bunch of new players coming together, as, as you said, in a shortened exhibition season. And he handled the controls like he'd been doing it quite a while. So yep. I, I, fit, fit me for the, for the you know, footy pajamas, I guess, because I am like really excited at what I saw. And, and I think the film backs it up and the respect for the opposition backs it up. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun season. Agreed. I, the one I don't want to go through concerns with a Z, but it, put the goddamn ball in the end zone. It's really difficult to play ball control when you, your running backs don't have control of the ball. But I'm very confident that they'll fix that. And they have the Jets week two. We're not in the business of prognosticating, but you know, division opponents on the road are always tough games. So yeah. we'll leave it there. And anyone who listens to this podcast doesn't need us to tell them what they're seeing. Trust your eyes. I think you're smart enough if you're listening to this podcast where you, you're you not listening to the media uh, group think. And in that vein, Dan, Chris Gasper has been doing tap dancing worthy of Gregory Hines regarding his takes on Mac Jones. I mean, the moving of the goalposts. I mean, Mac was good. He was very good. I mean, there's definitely, I would argue, I'm biased with Drew Bledsoe. I think he was significantly more advanced than Drew Bledsoe was when he opened at Buffalo in September of 1993, which little did I know that the Clavin shake initiated on that day. But uh, what were your thoughts on Gasper? Um, Gasper's just tap dancing and moving the goalposts regarding Mac Jones. I mean, he's, I think there's actually, there's a ton of Boston media that are afraid to make any pronouncements about Mac Jones, which is a good thing. We don't need takes on this. But Gasper's willing to go headfirst into the radioactive takes pool because he's dancing for the uh, the radioactive station on uh, at the sports clan, as Shaq calls it, on 98.5. I tell you what, I'm I'm trying to get my head around it because it seems it it almost seems personal. Like I went back a little ways to try to figure out where he stood on 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 Jones from the start, and, and going back to when when Jones was drafted, he was tweeting that. Uh, this is shaping up like a nightmare for me. Jag Jones to the to the Patriots. So already Jag he Jones. He already Aaron coined balanced. the Jag Jones. Yep. And uh, when he was going on with with Felger and Maz, he was saying this. Well, this uh, Jimmy G was still their Plan A. This was back in in early May, and that Mac Jones was the consolation prize that the pa Patriots settled for. And like everybody else, he was predicting that that Cam was going to be the starter. Of course, he got that wrong. But then once after the first game, he moved the goalposts again to it's only one game. You know, I'll give credit where credit's due, but it's only one game. Let me check in after 10 games. 
And now he's the latest that I saw that he's, he's comparing Jones to other Alabama quarterbacks. He had a tweet uh, <laughs> saying, just for the record, the best performance by QB who played college football at Alabama goes to Jalen Hurts because he won and he had three TDs and he had a great game. But while this is uh, moving the goalposts again, I think Gasper's done us a service here because thanks to his keen insight and his unrelenting hypersensitivity to being criticized, he has now set the new bar for what will be Mac Jones' success. Forget Tom Brady. Now we should only compare Mac Jones to former Crimson Tide quarterbacks. So, you know, the likes of uh, uh, A.J. McCarron or Greg uh, Yeah, Greg McElroy is fucked. I mean, clearly. Um, Go ahead, John. Your thoughts on uh, more Gasper lighting by the the late-night anchor on Sundays before the lottery numbers. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where I think these guys get so invested in their takes and and they're out there saying these things in public and they think that, like, everybody remembers what Chris Gasper says. Right. And I know there's a few of us, we, we could, you know, go through the old tweets and we can, you know, we, we do kind of remember some of this stuff, but the vast majority of people really don't care. Like Chris Gasper doesn't have to be so invested in what he said about Mac Jones six months ago. Because he, he doesn't can, believe it, John, he's just dancing it, for Felger. You know, I, I would say though, that like, there's probably, there's, there's guys like um, Adam Jones who, who is, you know, this kind of, low rent Felder wannabe who who just kind of digs in a in a trench of negativity on particular players and then just beats it relentlessly for for years right and there's nothing intellectual or sophisticated about any of that I don't think that's Gasper's brand right I don't think Gasper wants to be Adam Jones light on Mac Jones like I don't think that's where he's you going you can't be Adam Jones light you'd be well, here that- I, that I, I said that kind of with a, with a bit of a smirk because, you know, to be Adam Jones light is to be, you know, helium. Right. So, so the, and Scarcy's nodding because I went with a light gas. I went with a light gas for you, Scarcy. <laughs> um, the, the, the uh, you know, the thing with Gasper though, I think he's so caught up in like his significance that it's like, he has to, he's almost like boxed himself into a corner with his take and he's going to, He's going to move the goalpost. He's going to keep defending it because to otherwise admit he was wrong, it's like he's got some some problem with that. And, and I just, I, I don't know, maybe I, again, in, in the context of reading too much into it, I, I think a lot of it comes out of fear. You know, he said some stupid things yep. and now he's afraid that he's going to have this kind of Mac Jones's success as this yoke around him for the, you know, for the, for the rest of Jones's career in Boston a la Bedard and Gronk. Yes. And, and, yes. and see, I, see, I would compare Gasper to Bedard in this case, where it's like, had Bedard just said, you know, I, I blew it on Gronk. I, I was so wrong. You know, I'll never live it down. Ha, ha, ha. You know, I think people would kind yeah. of forgive it. Like, guys, guys make those mistakes and you kind of laugh it, you know, laugh it off. Um, you know, what, a, what an idiot I was. And you move on and that's the end of it. But when you say like, you have these bullshit excuses like the intern submitted my picks. I was in Europe. Oh my you God. Know? Yes. Yes. It, it's, about it's, that. It, it's like that that's indicative of something, right? It's indicative of somebody who, who either thinks he's so much smarter and plugged in than the average Twitterer that he doesn't, there's no real accountability there. There's no mutual kind of, you know, respect there. You know, he, he would never, he would never cop to being wrong. So he's just going to keep digging the hole. Right. And the, and the first rule of holes you know, when you're in one, 
you know, I mean, the dude's like ordering shovels off of Amazon while he's in a hole. So, you know, it, 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 it's the gift that keeps on giving right. though, because he keeps, he keeps going back and forth with folks on Twitter um, defending himself. And it just kind of provides more grist for the, for the pod. So at the very least, you know, he's got that going for him. Content, content, content. Yep. And I don't want to bring up old wounds, John, but I believe your initial vouch Gasper like was for Hartley Dykes. So let's just let <laughs> sleeping dogs live there. Scartelli. Mike you, uh, Mike, you do not want to play this game with me. <laughs> one yard Dupard. I think my initial vouch was for Reggie Dupard. One yard Dupard. You need a yard. He'll get you a yard. You need two yards. He'll get you a yard. Scartelli, <laughs> your thoughts on, um, I mean, do you have any, do, do we want to waste more um, carbon dioxide on Chris Gasper at this point? Now, is helium an, a noble gas? I'm going to have to check my periodic table of elements. Uh, trade so, that's here. sophistry. That's just it sophistry. Gosh, Come on. It could be, but I was just dealing with all this Gasper stuff on the Twitter accounts. I was going, why am I following this guy? And I checked, and I'm not. People just, you know, interact with him so much, yeah. which I suppose is, you know, the exactly what he wants. So, so that's that. I'm if, if is if, it though, Scartelli? If, I want to do that. That uh, the the Thor Ragnarok gift is it though? Does he really <laughs> want this heat? I mean, he's despite his access to dictionaries, the sources, he's not smart. He's really thin skinned. He's blocked anyone who comes within any any distance of even criticism that is valid it's like does he really want this do you really think he wants us he's trying to beat out uh you know nep castiglione ahead of him on the depth chart at channel five so uh, <laughs> you Between tell me it's we're going to have to we're, we're going to have to wait uh we're gonna have to wait 10 games that's his you know talk to me in august talk about this arbitrary cutoff point which bedard did with belichick's record but by the way, Nep Collinsworth and Nep Castiglione was like, that's that's that in the top 10 new names for children from the 90s. So, Dan, wrap this up here on um, Gasper because you are, thank God, we're lucky to have you. You are our Gasper lighting specialist here because Lord knows the rest of us. Shaq isn't here tonight. Shaq gets the Clavin shakes as much as I do about Gasper, but go ahead. Well, if we're, if we're going to be, keep the comparing to Alabama quarterbacks, there is one harbinger of doom, which is that uh, let's not forget that Butch Hobson, like Mac Jones was a former Alabama backup. So if, if we're going <laughs> to, if we're going to apply the, the Greg Bedard law of same sentence player referencing, this means that Jones is now predestined to be arrested for a cocaine uh, <laughs> possession. Well, that also means he's eligible to be hired by SI for their new Monday morning quarterback. Um, the whole Gasper thing is, I can't believe, does anyone remember, we're men of a certain age, who did the sports on WCVB in like 1990? Yeah, me neither. Like that's how relevant Chris Gasper should be at this point. So anyway, the Gasper lighting stuff, uh, raise your hand if you want to talk about it. John, go ahead. Well, that was just say to your point, Mike. I mean, that's maybe that's part of the the rub here. The relevance is is extremely light. 
unless you go out and, and create the clicks. And saying things that are a little bit outlandish and engaging with people on Twitter is getting him the clicks and it's getting him the exposure. And, you know, he wants to get beyond WCVB to his credit. Um, how are you going to do that in this market? You're not going to do it playing it straight. You're going to do it stirring controversy and, and getting people riled up. That seems to be what works in this market. So, you know, he's, he's just playing the game like everybody else. Agreed. And I think this, what this does more than anything else, if you're looking at this from 35,000 feet, he left the globe to do weekend anchors at a TV station that only octogenarians watch. So like it just drives home um, the increasing irrelevance of the Boston globe and anything having to do with sports coverage at the globe. So um, we'll leave it there. I want to start, John, the next segment, I want to throw it to you. Um, But Scartelli, you are the, uh, I'm going to reference you here really quickly, Scartelli. You are the lead editor and the lead columnist at the15net.com. We're doing some digging on the new athletic Pats writer. Um, His name is Matt Fairburn. He's formerly the lead writer for the athletic, the Bills coverage. Um, we have some stuff coming out there. So let me throw it to John first. But we have, we've been done some digging regarding Matt Fairburn and his dancing for his constituency in Buffalo. But what galls me a little bit more, the Fairburn stuff is, is boilerplate stuff. It's, he's denigrating Brady. He's calling Belichick a cheater. Uh, we have the receipt, so it's coming on the 15net.com. Today, Dak Randall, not Dak Prescott, Dak Randall, who is eighth ring Doug Kide, or aspires to be third string Doug Kide in essence, comes on or tweets stuff about Sony Michelle's like, well, the Sony Michelle trade doesn't look good now, does it? Predictably, and I'm actually really pissed off that we did not call this, although Shaq called it on his Twitter account, that yeah. these mediates were going to lament Sony Michelle's departure in, in his trade. So this, this guy who had previously slammed Sony Michelle as a first-round pick vis-a-vis Damian Harris, and we'll, we, I posted the receipts on my Twitter account earlier today. I'll put it on the Entitled Town account. I mean, is how predictable was it that if – Sony Michelle, who had one carry for two yards in his first game at the Rams, is is made the savior because two Patriots running backs had one fumble each that led to a loss. Admittedly, I mean the the turnovers were huge, the penalties were huge as well. But how predictable was it that these mediates in Boston, who have slammed Sony Michelle for his entire time wearing a Patriot uniform, are now lauding him um, once he's gone? Yeah, I, I would just twist it a little bit there, Mike. They've slammed Bill Belichick for as yep. long as Sony Michelle has been in New England. And now they're slamming Bill Belichick for Sony Michelle being gone, right? I mean, that's the agenda. It's not about Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle is just the, the, the means to the end of denigrating Belichick once again for any number of things. I think Bruce Allen had a tweet to this effect where it's like it's, you know, blatant, you know, anything that goes wrong, you know, is Belichick's fault, no matter what it is, or, you know, regardless of context. I mean, he, he was kind of in that sort of space and he was, he was exactly right. The, the, there's nothing that can't be pinned on Belichick that if it goes wrong with the Patriots, um, 
you know, it's, it's just a, a gross agenda. It's, right. it's, it's transparent as all hell. And, you know, nobody knows who this guy is until he says something stupid like this. And now we know who he is. Like now we're talking about him. Now he's getting engagement. So it's, it's kind of the, 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 really the problem with the market. I mean, there's, there has been good coverage of, of Mac Jones and the Patriots this week. I'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later on in the podcast, but you know, we've started off with the stuff that drives us crazy, which, you know, again, is, is kind of what they're trying to do. This guy, Dakota Rendell or, you know, former, you know, related to the mayor of Philadelphia, perhaps that maybe that explains the thinking here, the, the, you know, the, I mean, I'd never heard of this guy. I don't follow him. I mean, you, you talk to Scott, so you don't follow Gasper. I don't follow Gasper either. I mean, there's a reason I don't follow these guys. They just keep right. appearing in our feed because they say outlandish, stupid things. And then they get the engagement that they're chasing. Right. It's, I, I saw somebody on Twitter on a different issue. It wasn't related to the, to the Patriots or even sports. They called it sharing, right. You know, the, 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 the hit that you get from your tweet going viral, you know, and, and I think that's what that's really increasingly what it's about for these guys. And, and especially these kids, these young kids, right, who have grown up in this world and the, the Sherwin hit, um, whether they say something smart or stupid, it doesn't matter. Right. It's it's about for being first to the story, whether it's right or not, or it, it generated engagement. Therefore, you know, there's probably a Latin phrase that, that signifies why it exists. Right. It exists because it got engagement. And that's that was the purpose of it all along. I will say on this guy, Dakota, though, I looked at his profile and it makes me sad that he's a alum of the same school as the great Joe Dudek. Well played. Is that Latin <laughs> phrase sui generis? I'm, I'm not sure. I will say this. So really quickly, I traveled back to New England last week and Scartelli will appreciate this. Dan, I think you will as well. I got in the rental car and it was on 98.5 because clearly I would never willfully turn. I'm listening so you don't have to, <laughs> yeah. caller. And last person there, obviously, was listening to a uh, Celtics game. Obviously. I mean, clearly. But I will say this, like, with all, without any uh, pretense. And I found this, it really stood out to me because I'm listening to the radio when I'm going to an early morning tea time driving back to the hotel to shower and then meeting friends for dinner. There was, it's so contrived. They, what they were saying on 98.5 and even on 93.7, which is 98.5, but dumber, less racist, but dumber. They were saying it's, it's not about Mac Jones. It's about Bill. So they've, they've, they've already washed their hands of criticizing Mac Jones because he's the he's the young wonder kid. Everyone's excited about him. Bill, again, we're really close. He has a bullseye on him. So it's not they're doing a referendum on Belichick, not Mac Jones. This was on the morning show on 98.5, Toucher and Rich. This was on Zolak and Bertrand. This was also on Felger and Maz. And I heard it, you'll be very surprised, on Maloney and Fourier without the big O. So, I mean, this is definitely, it is a narrative on sports radio in Boston. You have to, you have to toe the line because Felger is Don Corleone covered in warming napkins. You have to toe the line for Don Felcher and his warming napkins. Otherwise you risk ostracization on getting those sweet weekend dollars on 98.5. Hoping you can beat out Megan Ottolini or the bankrupt boys for airtime. 
It is, it really is. I've made this point repeatedly, Scartelli, that Boston media is a crime family and Felcher is the napkin clad Don. Help me out here. Mm. The tuto de tutu capi, is that the, uh, is that the phrase that pays here? Uh, How's be. the Italian food in this restaurant? <laughs> exactly. Uh, best, best feel in the city. Or if I'm, if I'm a bank robot, how's the fried food in this restaurant? Hey, as long as it's not a family restaurant, to stay away from those. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay, but uh, yeah, the you know, being the uh, being the lone representative within uh, within the signal range of the uh, of the two Boston sports radio stations, it's a uh, I can I can only agree with what you're saying. I can only agree with it because it's that's that's how it is. It's the there's a monoculture about this where the 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 take comes out and the take is you know unalterable. It uh, is not to be uh not to be disputed, and uh, that's that. And it's and never good, challenged. Decent good decent uh, listeners suffer for it. Yeah. Yeah, I would argue I'll throw the red challenge flag at decent listeners to the, to those stations, myself included, of course, because I have immunity. I the rental car is my excuse, Dan. Um, thankfully, we've been vaccinated against these shit takes and this gaslighting from Boston media. You, John, and I, and Shaq, to an extent, we've been vaccinated by distance from this mm-hmm. gaslighting. So we still, I mean, still them, though, don't we? We do. Um, I, I've always said that we listen and kind of try to shine a light in this so you don't have to. But I had an, ex- I had an experience that I'll detail in a couple of minutes um, being around people that I was with uh, last weekend at a cookout. But, you know, what are your thoughts on this stuff with you know, the media trying to bow at the altar of Felcher? Well, I have one thing first on the Sony Michelle thing. I yes. was thinking how Sony Michelle, it's, it's like the old Woody Allen joke. You know, the food here is terrible and such small portions too. You're saying, <laughs> oh, Sony Michelle's a bum, but why did we trade him? Yeah, it's 100% correct. Absolutely. But you won't find anybody that this group right here, we're, we're amongst the biggest Sony Michelle boosters. So we actually probably were sad to see him go, but you can yeah. see the logic of it and yeah. And it was time and they, they, he was in the final year of his contract. So you get something in advance, but uh, yeah, it was entirely predictable. It was the old Bob Lobel thing looking for it all. Why can't we get players like that? Yeah. You know, and yeah. Dave, you know, the co-founder of this podcast, Dave Brown actually tweeted in good faith. He's like, yeah, they probably win that game of Sony's the lead back is like Sony's thing was ball security. And it's like, Harris will learn that Stevenson will learn that. I think, one of the subplots that's going to come Sunday is like, will Stevenson be active or will JJ Taylor be elevated as like yeah. kind of a one week practice squad thing? I mean, I don't know what bill again, we're close bills thinking, but um, that's a, an int- intriguing subplot uh, that I think anyone else have anything to say on this subject or can I, can I move to the goddamn Manning cast? Jesus pole vaulting Christ quickly. Eli and Peyton, this is crossing the streams of suck. This is 
Ghostbusters and the Ghostbusters one stuff for Patriots fans. Eli Manning and Peyton have their own Monday night football extravaganza channel on ESPN. Big surprise. You know, Peyton skated on the HGH. Eli skated on the, uh, the memorabilia scam. So ESPN has them on and they're yucking it up in national media to and fro everywhere. John are just absolutely falling over themselves to praise the Eli and Peyton um, comedy hour, half hour comedy hour on, you know, ESPN 17 or wherever the hell the ESPN eight Diocho. So, yeah. I mean, I won't watch that under a court order, but just the media falling all over themselves was entirely predictable. Yeah. I mean, the coverage of it, you know, is what you would expect. Right. And, and like you, I actually like Lewis Riddick. I think he's, he adds a lot to the, to the broadcast. He's got good insights. I think on the players, he's, you know, he pays attention to the college uh, game. So he's got insights on these guys, kind of, especially the younger guys where they came from. So, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't listen to the Manning stuff if, unless it was the only option I had. Uh, if I, if I have a choice, I'm does your mute button on work? Yeah. I mean, I, I, but like I said, I, I like Riddick. I've got it on in the background. It wasn't a game that I was super dialed in on until late. And um, it was a good game by the way. Yeah. 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 No, I know. And you and I were texting about it. Um, but you know, it's, um, it's one of those things where I'll, I'll check in on a game like that, you know, in the, the second half, fourth quarter and, and didn't disappoint in that context. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, the Manning stuff, they, they are, they are the, oh, as choke me as I say this, the first family, if you will, of the NFL. And this is what we get. You know, we get, we get a steady diet of Pat Mahomes incompletions and, and Manning hagiography. Yeah. That's the price of being an NFL fan right now. If well, only Steve- you get there's, I've got to, you know, just uh, tag in here. There's nothing the media likes better than legacies. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Pat Mahomes, the second being, yeah. you know, his dad was a pitcher. The man shitty pitcher Archie. at that. They loved, they loved Ollie Lux kid for Absolute. reasons unknown. Hand to God, why didn't Steve Grogan have sons? Because if you look, <laughs> if you look up Steve Grogan's numbers, he looks, Steve Grogan looks like Tom Brady compared to Archie Manning. Archie Manning looks like Oliver Luck compared to Steve Grogan. I mean, Jesus pole vaulting Christ, Dan. It's like, Dan, you're the, you're the sensible one here, um, you know. <laughs> Holy hell, the, the Manning hagiography is something to behold. If David Tyree had had grease on his helmet, we would have spared some of this. So go ahead, just wrap this up I'm, on the Manning stuff. I'll tell you what, I'm going to take the unpopular opinion because I, I watched them I watched them during the overtime of that game, and I actually enjoyed it. Um, yeah, there were some details like down and distance missing, and uh, you know, fortunately we were spared things like the, the, the useless sideline reporter. But as they were going through each one of those scenarios, they were looking, uh, they had the three quarterbacks and, and it was interesting to see. Russell Wilson was the third, correct? Yeah. And, and each going through, okay, this is what the, this is what I would do if I were the defense. This is what I would do with the offense. And they're seeing the scenarios as they happen. And I, I found that part enjoyable. Obviously they're not broadcast professionals. So there was something lacking there, but I, I could see the, uh, um, I could see the appeal of it uh, in, in that particular instance as they were doing overtime, because that was just a crazy overtime anyway. oh, yeah. and watching yeah. their reactions to it. Cause some of the crazy, like when the interception happened and, 
and uh, Peyton had his hands over his head, like, "Oh my God, <laughs> can't believe that happened." Well, so they, they may be good if they may. You know, it, it's entirely possible they may know something about the game of football, but the fact that they've been shoved down our throats for twenty years it makes it uh, makes it a bit difficult to. Yeah, a person can only handle so much. Manning brothers agreed, and they're not broadcast professionals, so that means we have something in common with them. I'd like to make right. an announcement on Titletown. Dan Staley is no longer a member of Entitletown <laughs> after admitting he's watching the Manning cast. And he's I, been... <laughs> I heard a vouch. I heard a vouch. I heard a vouch the for the Manning cast. <laughs> oh, Dan, I'm so sorry. It's like the social media response is going to be just absolute. Dan, I thought. Dan, I thought we were friends, but evidently I was wrong. Trying to be a good teammate here. Go let, let me just say, let me just say, I, 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 I like to vouch for me. This is, this is a big tent. We have a big tent here in Entitled Town, and there is room for random vouches without suspension from time to time. I just would like to throw that out. That's the most self-serving thing you've ever said in the <laughs> podcast, John. By the way, John was suspended for four weeks total. Scartelli, you want? Uh, Scartell, you want to wrap this up here or should I uh, go on to our our um, weekly listener email from our buddy Vinny? Oh, I think we've said all that needs to be said about uh, about uh, Arch's boys. All right. So Dan's going to zip up after talking about the Mannings and we'll move on to our <laughs> listener email. Uh, Vinny says, uh, Vinny Jace in Town veteran emailer says that game couldn't have gone more perfectly on both sides of the ball. My only issues were Stevenson getting beaten by Roberts in the play. He lunged for Jones's knees and Harris's fumble. It feels like we should take this loss with a glass half full approach. I personally expected a two and two or one and three start because Belichick and company having to work out the kinks. Also, it caused sick the most hysteria in Boston media and have the dancing clown on the sports clan, the happiness. And that fact alone makes me think this was happening. So, uh, Vinny, typo gang, I get it. We've all been there. Um, I think we've covered our thoughts on the season opening game against the Dolphins. It was there for them to win. Uh, and I think they'll, they'll be better week 14, 16, 18 than they are week one. Um, Mike, I'm not worried Mike, about Stevenson. Me- Go ahead, John. I was going to, I did want to make one point that I was saving for this email because, you know, I know we all appreciate. Vinny's emails and the Stevenson on the blitz pickup I thought was interesting and this podcast has talked a lot about Sony's blitz pickup abilities you, you know can't I know, play unless you can pick up the blitz right and and so it's one game and you know file under one game against a very good team with a very good you know front that, that did some you know creative stuff to get pressure on Mac Jones so this is not indicative of where Stevenson's going to be in October or November certainly but you know, it wasn't just the Oland and Roberts um, where he got blown up and, and Roberts, you know, ended up hitting Jones in the knees. It was even on Mac Jones's touchdown pass where it looked like if you watch that play again, it looked like Stevenson missed the gap where the, the linebacker shot through and Jones, to his credit, stood in, you know, through that touchdown pass, took the hit. And it looked to me like that should have been probably picked up by Stevenson. So, you know, Sony was never appreciated for his blitz pickup abilities. And when I was watching that, I saw Jones taking hits that I'm thinking to myself, they have to clean this up, whether it's, he was hit a lot. He was hit a lot. He was hit a lot. And whether it was Stevenson in week two with the occasional blitz pickup miss, whether it's JJ Taylor in week two 
because they think he's going to do a better job on these sorts of things. Uh, you know, who knows how they'll, but I, I would be shocked if they're not spending a lot of time thinking about how they can do a better job in that particular phase. You know, great points, great points all. Um, Vinny asked good questions. So um, the, in, the email address for the account, as you probably know, if you're listening, entitledtown at gmail.com, you know the Twitter account. Let's go to our final thoughts. Scartelli, you're in the leadoff position. Uh, your final thoughts for this week's podcast. Continuing the Stevenson talk and uh, I, you know, the I, the I test talk. Yep. Stevenson was down when the ball came out. Yep. You know it. I know it. The American people know it. <laughs> and I, and they got, uh, they got hosed by Cleet Blakeman and his merry band of incompetence with an assist from the uh, re- replay booth in Park Avenue or wherever the heck it is. And I just wish that Bob Kraft would take a page from uh, Al Davis and, you know, just say that, you know, this, uh, we're, we're not having, you know, but pull the Walt Coleman and say, no, we're not having this guy referee any of our games. Bob won't do that because he still thinks he's going to get that spot at the cool table. Stop the rhetoric. Stop mm-hmm. the rhetoric. So that's, that's my final thought. Um, well said, Dan, your final thought uh, for this week's pod. I, I want to beseech the fans to have patience with this team. I, I think that yes. after such a two decades of unprecedented success, you have people that, they come to watch the games just expecting everything to go toward plan. And, and if you look out at the, at the league, there is a lot of talent. There's a, lo- a lot of talented teams. There's a lot of talented players. And I, I, that's the fun of it for me. You go and you yeah. see what the challenge is and can they overcome this challenge? But so many fans are just expecting, no, I want everything to go to plan They're And, and they're just going to march straight through and be in the, the AFC title game every, every year. That's, Enjoy it for what it is. This this is an exciting time. It's straight Agreed. seasons at AFC Championship game. Unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mike Lombardi, you know, we've referenced often on this podcast to, to uh, trampoline on your point, Dan. Mike Lombardi with Adnan Verk on the GM Shuffle today. Um, they talked about the middle eight. Lombardi talked about the middle eight, meaning the last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half. And the Dolphins scored 10 of their 17 points in that window, which suggests they had good coaching. They know their personnel. I think that's the thing is like Flores has institutional knowledge, as I mentioned earlier, and the Patriots don't just don't know who they have yet. And I think this team in November is not going to resemble what they have now. It's, that's I really feel pretty strongly about that. So, John, I'll throw it to you for your final thoughts uh, on the podcast. So go ahead. Yeah. And I love what Dan said too. I mean, these games are going to be a grind, you know, the, the, yep, yep. T- the time of possession, you know, they're emphasizing, you know, this, the, the offense that they ran, you know, obviously in week one, it'll get a little bit more kind of flowery uh, as the season goes on and Jones gets more comfortable. But in the meantime, they are going to run the ball. They're going to control the clock. They are going to move the chains. Um, and it's, it's going to mean games are going to be close. Uh, there's going to be a lot of one possession games, a lot of games that, you know, could have gone either way, but the Patriots were lucky. Right. You know, and, you know, so there's just a lot of that, 
BS that we'll have to deal with over the season. Um, but I, I love what Dan said, because that is the fun. I mean, I, I'm enthusiastic about this team. It doesn't mean uh, they're going to beat anybody by more than 14 points, but they're, I don't think they're going to get blown out by anybody either. So it's going to be a lot of fun games. The other thing I wanted to say is there's, you know, some really good film work that I've seen on Jones's performance. You know, Brian Baldinger is somebody who probably a lot of people yes. uh, who listen to this podcast follow. He does wonderful breakdowns, but I want to, I want to give a shout out to Evan Lazar's breakdown on Mac Jones's performance uh, that I watched. He put it up on YouTube, you know, yesterday or today. And, um, it was really good. And it just going back to the, the Matthew Fairburn stuff, you know, you've got this guy from the athletic in Buffalo, you know, playing to his Buffalo audience, saying things like Belichick's a cheater and, you know, yes. referencing the Welker drop, you know, eight years ago. And, but even, even a few years ago, talking about making references about like, wow, Bill Belichick said something insightful in a press conference as if, you know, he's fresh off the turnip truck and has never listened to Bill Belichick. And before, he also never- threw shade at Jeff Howe. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, it, it's so, so you, so we've got another one of potentially another one of that guy in the market, right. Yes. In a, in, you know, in a market that's got more than enough of that guys. And why are you going to read Matt Fairburn when you can already read Ben Volan, you know, or Greg Bedard who are Chris Gasper, who are already given you that guy coverage. Um, in the meantime, you have other guys out there like, like a Lazar who is doing film breakdown, who is like really learned, the terminology as much as it's kind of wonky and sometimes even kind of goofy to me. Um, I don't, I don't need that level of, of analysis. He does a really nice job of like the hustle, you know, hustling after a niche and, and going after it. Um, So anyway, I, I, I enjoyed with a new quarterback like Mac Jones and wanting to learn more about his evolution. Evan Lazar has given us a product that is different in the market and better and representative of the kind of effort that I think all of us would like to see from, from more, more of the guys in the media. So I'll, I'll kind of shout out to that. Sounds like a vouch, but you know, we'll, we'll debate that. We'll legislate <laughs> that in the coming podcast. I want to say an, this, executive, an executive board meeting on vouchers. Here. <laughs> I think so. I think so. The, the 15 will have to convene a, a board um, <laughs> regarding vouchers. I'll say this about Fairburn. It's a bad look. Can we judge the media the way they judge the athletes? It's a bad look when you scrub your Twitter account having to do shit with the Patriots. And John and some of the 15, we have some tweets that are screenshotted. Hey, Bedard, um, they're screenshotted. They're not fabricated. So it's a bad look. It's really it's really a sad day. I mean, the Athletic already has Steve Buckley covering the Patriots. Yeah. And I'm paying $1 a month for my Athletic coverage. And it sounds like that's overpriced by thrice. Yeah. But like, yeah. if Fairburn coming on, all I ask for, and I'm speaking for myself, not you guys or the 15, all I want is authenticity in your writing. If Fairburn's tap dancing for Bills fans who, you know, suplex each other on picnic tables in the parking lot of uh, Rich Stadium, whatever. But you're coming here with your history on display, and we'll have something on the 15net.com on that in the next 24 hours. What? after this podcast drop for sure but it's really it's sad larry it's sad that the athletic has stooped to this level um evidently they're desperate for clicks uh i wouldn't think they'd be bedard le- uh, level desperate for clicks because as greg bedard said the new york money behind the athletic so 
there's a dog whistle there, almost the coach. But um, the last thing um, that I wanted, uh, last two things I wanted to say as my final thoughts. Today's Dan Marino's 60th birthday. He never beat the Patriots in the playoffs. He never came close to beating the Patriots in the playoffs. So yeah. fuck off, Dan Marino. Uh, I'd also like to give you a Seattle weather update. Uh, the, the Red Sox just won two out of three in Seattle. Tomorrow we have a high of 61 and sunny. But I was right at the time caller, and Blaho wins this round. We're expecting an inch and a half of rain on Friday. I had to cancel uh-huh. my golf match. But hopefully my lawn will rebound. The high will be 58 on Saturday. We're hoping Ooh. to play golf on, excuse me, on Friday. Hoping to play golf on Saturday with a high in the 60s. Um, I'll wear a long sleeve, a quarter zip pullover, John. I know that uh, you're in California and you, you're you're just shaking your head. You've never heard temperatures in the 60s unless it's January. In, you're going to need isotoner gloves to play golf in that weather. I'm not sure I could hold on to the golf club because isotoner gloves, I mean, Fact, not opinion. They never helped Dan Marino in the cold at Foxborough. <laughs> take care of the hands that take care of you. Wasn't that the tagline? Well, take care right. of the hands that take care of you, but the passes are flying into the hands of the defenders. <laughs> Remember I joked back in the day, Dan Marino used to love throwing passes to Jimmy Hitchcock, who had his own line of furniture stores. Jimmy Hitchcock Furniture Stores, home of the 15-yard cushion. The Entitled Town account is... It went uh, over big. It went over big back in the day. It was... It was <laughs> By the way, the Foxborough terminals are gone where we used to park for Patriots games. They're gone. I want to give a, a, a RIPIP to the Foxborough terminals at North Street and Route 1. The liquor store in McDonald's is still there across the street, and they're thriving. So if you want a quarter pound of some bush light, you're good to go if you tailgate someplace uh, on the Walpole side of Route 1. Entitledtown at gmail.com. Uh, the email account, uh, the Twitter account is at Entitledtown. Uh, get vaccinated against your takes, and for the love of God, please turn off your radio. That moment of silence is because Shaq is not here. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team.